Now, we're not going to be about, you know, slogans and all this, whatever it may, it may be. Um, the best player going to play, you know, the toughest dude going to play, and uh, ain't no fluff. How bad is number two on it? Calvin Ridley for six. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related in the official Atlanta Falcons podcast of the Fan Sided Network. My name is Jesse Head, host of the show. And for this episode, we're going to talk. Um, a little bit, a little bit of a recap, if you will, of the second preseason that, game that we had uh, against the Miami Dolphins, where looked pretty ugly on the scoreboard. Uh, if you're the type of type of person that pays attention to that during the preseason, I uh, don't really like to pay attention to the the scoreboard during the preseason um, because I think this is a time of evaluation. This is a time of analyzing. This is a time of finding out who's going to be your rotational players, who's going to be um, your uh, who's going to make that 53-man roster. I don't think the coaches are paying attention too much to the scoreboard. You don't see them really hanging their head on a loss during the preseason. I just don't think it really matters. Uh, The most important thing is watching those matchups and watching those people that you think are going to be, you know, true contributors uh, on your team or they're on the line of being true contributors to your team during the regular season. Um, some of the you know, little negative news here, uh, this was not fun to watch, but he wasn't really performing that well. But A.J. McCarron uh, tore his ACL. Um, that sucked to see. You hate to see that. No, I, there was a couple people out there that were saying, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, who cares? He sucked. But, look, you don't ever want to see somebody tear their ACL. That's not how you want to see somebody lose a competition um, out there. A.J. Uh, McCarron was slated to be our uh, backup quarterback. And um, we're gonna have to go out there and sign somebody now. So we'll talk a few, uh, talk about a few potential replacements out there. But um, I'm not gonna get into it too much because this signing will probably happen by the time this episode comes out. I think it'll probably happen on Tuesday, and this is a Monday. Um, and then we'll also do a way too early revisit of our 2021 draft class. So we'll run through those guys and just kind of kind of hit on where they're at so far. So we're in. You know, pretty deep into training camp. We've only got one more week, uh, or excuse me, one more um, preseason game left, and then uh, we'll be cutting down to the 53-man roster. Uh, so we'll revis- revisit our um, 2021 draft class, talk a little bit about that, and then we'll look ahead to week three, our final preseason game, where we'll talk about some of the starters, uh, that, uh, or what we want to see from some of the starters that we're going to get out there um, uh, from, from a group standpoint from the team overall. So we'll get into all that. We all hate when we lose our balls in the rough on the golf course. Well, imagine how your girl feels with all those pubes around your pearls. It's a bad look, bro. She does not like it no matter how much she pretends she's okay with it. That's why I'm telling you about Manscaped.com. You've seen the ads and the commercials before. They are the top provider for all your trimming needs to make sure you never nick those pearls down below. They've got a brand new lawnmower 4.0 made specifically for a comfortable trim. This is top of the line stuff, guys. Get the performance package and I can get you 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Inside this package, you'll get their Lawnmower 4.0, 
weed whacker for those annoying ear and nose hairs that you get, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxers, and you're going to get a travel bag uh, to hold all the ball stuff that you've got there in. Now, you're only going to get this deal here at the Heads Up Falcons podcast. So go to manscaped.com, use that code I told you about, FANSIDED20, for 20% off and free shipping. All right, guys, getting into this recap of the Miami Dolphins uh, preseason game that we had this past weekend. Um, One thing to keep in mind for those that are freaking out is that their starters were were in for the entire first quarter and almost the entire second quarter. And we had second and third strings in on defense um, and mostly second and third strings other than some people in competition on the offensive side of the ball. And our defense was making them, those guys earn it. The only starter that we had in there was Fabian Moreau, and then the other guys are competing for certain spots and rotational spots like a Richie Grant uh, who will be a rotational guy. Other than that, everybody that we had in there was guys that are going to be second, third string type players. Um, and they had their guys in there, and our, our, our players made them earn it. So when I was watching that, I was pretty proud of what our defense was doing in the sense that they were making those guys struggle to get down the field. I mean, you got we got, you know, think about the guys that we don't have in against their starters and how different it looks with Foyce Aluikin, Deion Jones, Dante Fowler, Grady Jarrett, Kaminsky, Marlon Davidson, all these guys, you know, Deron Harmon, all these guys that – we're not playing that would make a massive difference if they were in there. And again, we were making a earn it with a Dean Peace defense. So one thing to consider when you're looking at these types of preseason games, it's about evaluation. It's not about the scoreboard. Pay attention to the key players that they're watching to see if they can get them in rotational roles and if they can be contributors to the team. Um, Arthur Smith said that they were definitely going to sign a quarterback this week. Um, Obviously, with A.J. McCarron going down, now you only have two quarterbacks on the roster in Matt Ryan and Felipe Franks. They're going to go out there and sign somebody. He said they want to sign somebody, and they need to uh, expect to play um, with a small package this um, upcoming weekend against the Browns. Players out there, Josh Rosen, um, RG3's out there, and Blake Bortles. Looking at this list, obviously not a bright one. I like Blake Bortles just because of his Barstool interview where they asked him uh, if he wasn't doing construction, or excuse me, if he wasn't doing, um, if he wasn't playing football, what would he be doing? And he said, probably doing construction and ripping cigs. That's a guy I want on my team. Uh, other guy I like out of this group, and I, I like RG3. The dude's just injury prone. That concerns me. I don't want an, an injury prone guy. He's been injured a million different times. It all started with Sean Weatherspoon many years ago when he hit him and gave him a concussion, and it was all downhill from there. Um, Josh Rosen, love Josh Rosen um, in the sense that and a lot of people don't like him because he's, he's kind of a cocky little fuck, but I will say this. I didn't like it either when he said that in the draft. It was kind of a douchey move, but he's confident, and you want confident dudes on your team. Um, he just needs to redirect how he's confident into cooler ways than what he tried to pull on that draft day. Um, but he has the most potential out of all these dudes um, that are available out there. I just don't think he's gotten quite the fair shake. He hasn't gotten quite the opportunity 
that he needs to showcase his skills. He's been put in some unfortunate situations, some you know, some losing battles, and then um, has been provided with the best you know, coaches and, and things like that. So I just think he needs a better opportunity. Out of all these guys, he's probably the person that I want the most. I think they'll try to bring in a veteran, though. Out of all three of them, the one that makes the most sense is Blake Borders. Blake Bortles. The one that I want the most, probably Josh Rosen. I think we'll probably see a Blake Bortles get signed or some other veteran that's you know been around the block that can be a leader for some of the younger guys out there and in the locker room. Um, offensive line did look improved with Jalen Mayfield over at the left guard spot. We had uh, Caleb McGarry getting there a little bit too. Um, they looked a little bit better going up against um, the um, Miami Dolphins versus the previous week. Um, where they were just getting absolutely mauled. Um, so not um, – wasn't the greatest performance, and that's probably not a good line to have is were you better than that horrendous show in the week before. But they did look better. Offensive line looked um, a little bit better. Um, only two TDs in this game coming late um, in the game from our running backs. Um, recent running back signings in Deontay, uh, Deontay Foreman and then the undrafted free agent in Caleb Huntley. Interesting battle going on for that kind of fourth, you know, running back role um, between Caleb Huntley, Deontay Foreman, and Javian Hawkins. If I had to pick one right now that would be the guy that made the roster, maybe Deontay Foreman, but I, I don't know. We, we haven't truly gotten a fair shake and a fair evaluation of the running back room. The first preseason game was certainly not it. And even, even we, you know it's bad when the head coach comes out and says, hey, we just didn't get a fair evaluation of our running backs because the blocking was so bad. The second game was okay, but what kind of evaluation is that when they're scoring touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter against the Titans, you know, players that are going to be cut and be on the practice squad? So we just didn't get a real fair shake at who's going to be the running back um, that, that makes it out of these guys. Maybe – Maybe both you know, two of them make them in the sense that one of them ends up on the practice squad. I don't know. But, again, I feel like Foreman probably leads the group, but we'll just have to see. We just – there's so much de- – you know, there's so many different, you know, uh, skill sets there. And uh, I think a lot of that decision-making will come off of what we've seen or what the coaches have seen in training camp. So, I, I don't, I just don't know if what we've seen has been a fair enough evaluation. Um Getting into revisiting the 2021 draft class. So um, I got this idea because I was looking at the roster and I was going to do like stock up, stock down, who performed well, who didn't in that second preseason game. But quite frankly, I'm just over the preseason. So I wanted to do this in a more fun way. So I thought we'd do a way too early revisit of the 2021 draft class and just do a little check-in on each of the, the players that we took this year. So Round one, overall pick number four, uh, tight end, obviously, Kyle Pitts uh, from the University of Florida. He's been everything that you could possibly have dreamed of from what we've seen through training training camp. I cannot wait. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've looked this forward to seeing a rookie, a Falcons rookie, um, get out there on the field to play in the regular season. I can't wait to see what he does in, in the Eagles game. Excited to see him if he plays in this this third preseason game, but I don't think they're going to you know, um, put too much out there with him. But completely amped up about that first, um, that first game, regular season game against the Eagles. He's been incredible, man. 
he was messing dudes up out there at the joint practices against the Miami Dolphins. Just his ability to run routes, the size that he is, the speed that he has at being that big and that weight. The dude's a freak. He's everything that we thought he was um, so far, and um, it's just exciting, man, to have this type of generational talent on the team. Round two, pick number uh, eight, overall pick number 40, Richie Grant. Man, I'm a little bit disappointed in the sense of what I, I just – we haven't heard much good about him. It seems that he was doing a lot of snaps with uh, second team, sometimes third team during training camp at times. He started getting mixed in a little bit with the first team, but it was a lot of the time he, w- he wasn't getting the opportunities with that first team, and other players picked below this were. So that makes you wonder if he was having playbook issues. Is it a personality thing? Is it a work ethic thing? He's worked his way up now. So I don't know what that was early on. Maybe they were just trying to do a motivating type thing or something like that. I don't know. But um, he did make a couple plays in this second preseason game this past weekend against the Miami Dolphins. Um, But we just haven't seen a lot out of him. I still think he ends up getting the opportunity to be in that um, that, that rotational role during the regular season. We'll just find out how how much that is based on on the play that we get from him and everything. I was just disappointed because my expectation with him, based on Dean Pease and what Dean Pease does and what he likes to do with this type of skill set, with that type of versatility and all the things that he can do, from especially from like a big nickel look, which I talked about last week from one of the listener questions, with that big nickel look, with him being – that's three safeties in there. With Deron Harmon, Eric Harris, and him in there, there's so much that you can do from a disguise standpoint and in, in, in the play calls you can do. Richie Grant has a skill set that he can drop deep. He can come into the box. He can go into the slot. He can play middle of the field. He can do anything you want to ask him to do. He's that type of player. Eric Harris is more of the in-the-box player. And um, Deron Harmon is more of a deep, uh, free safe, true free safety, uh, traditional free safety type player. And Richie Grant, Richie Grant creates that um, that surprise in there. He creates that uh, the ability to disguise your defense. Um, and we just did not. I just haven't been hearing those things. I expected Dean Pease to be raving about him, raving about his abilities and the things that he can do, and how excited he is about being able to. Dis- um, disguise the defense and him being that wild card out of this group. When he's in there, he's that the, the dude that creates that that wild card, um, that player that can do so many different things. And um, we just haven't been seeing it. So that's a little disappointing. And look, that could all change. Again, th- th- one of the things I hate about preseason and doing, you know, I love doing the podcast, of course, but one of the things I hate about doing it during the preseason is we don't know anything. We don't, we don't, I mean, we're judging off of the preseason, which is annoying as shit in its own right, because we don't know what these guys are doing. They could be getting less reps because the the, te- the coaches are so high on them in training camp, for all we know. I mean, there's just no telling. So we'll, we may know something a little bit this, pre, uh, this next preseason game, the last preseason game, but we'll certainly find out come game one on what he's doing. So from a fandom standpoint, I'm a little bit disappointed, but from a – analyst standpoint if you want to say I don't we don't know yet so we'll see I'm indifferent um pick number three or round three um overall pick 68 Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan so he's got a lot of pressure on him man he's got a big plate here um and 
you know, at right, at right tackle, that certainly wasn't it. That's definitely Caleb McGarry's role from what we've seen. But I think that he can be um, he can be a solid left guard. One thing about him is his the biggest thing for him was his strength. Um, he he needed to get some strength in the hips. Um, but in this last game, this uh, game against Miami, he looked better at that left guard role than at the right tackle role. He was holding his own. Of course, he was having his moments. Every offensive lineman is going to have their moments. That's just the nature of the NFL. It's one of the hardest positions to play on the field. Um, so he was having his moments at left guard, but he looked pretty solid. Um, I just, you know, again, one of the most important things about this team is finding that cohesiveness. Um, and if he can plug in there and develop those relationships with those players around him, be able to work, you know, handle stunts, all those different things like that, um, he can be solid. But at this point, I mean, you got to be excited about Jalen Mayfield being around three, uh, being around three pick. And we've put him at right tackle. We put him at left guard, and and he's going to play somewhere, and he's going to contribute somewhere on this offensive line. So you got to have a thumbs up for that. We haven't been seeing the greatest things out there, but again, this is an offensive rookie offensive lineman. We're going to see the bumps in the road, but the important thing is, is they feel confident enough about him to put him in these competitions and put him out there um, on the offensive line. So um, it's good with him so far. Uh, round four. Pick number uh, uh, overall pick 108, Darren Hall from San Diego State been been competing for that kind of slot role against Isaiah Oliver, some other players. He um, is an interesting one. I think he'll get into rotation. I don't know how much rotation he'll get into. I think that all depends on what Isaiah Oliver does. I think Isaiah Oliver is going to get the nod um, come the Eagles game, first game of the season. We'll just have to see how he performs from there. One guy that y'all have heard me rave a lot about is um, Chris Williamson, who is somebody that's been performing. Some people have been negative about him and what he's done in the preseason at the cornerback position. One thing that I look at when it comes to cornerbacks is are they in, especially when they're rookies and young, is are they in position to make plays? And one th- if you go back and watch these games, first preseason game and the second preseason game against Miami, Chris Williamson is in position to make these plays. And that's the most important thing. He's got the skill set to make the plays. He's just got he's got to be able to understand what's happening out there. He's got to develop the speed. He's got to understand when to turn his head. He's got to understand when to throw up those hands, when to attack, um, and all those things like that. He's a rookie. So one thing, if you go and look back at a lot of the catches that have been made on him, he's right there in the pocket. Example being, a lot of people were freaking out about the A.J. Terrell pick because of what happened in that game against LSU in the um, the uh, championship. And if you go back and watch that film, yeah, he's got superstar wide receivers from LSU making plays on him, A.J. Terrell does. But A.J. Terrell is right in the hip. He's right in the pocket to make plays. And that's the most important thing about be, uh, being a young cornerback is are you there to make the play? Okay, if you're just getting burnt out there, then yeah, you're probably not the guy, but the, he's in position to make plays. So uh, uh, Chris Williamson I'm really high on. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, back to Darren Hall here. So Darren Hall, we haven't heard a ton about him um, quite yet. He's been in rotation. Sometimes not hearing a lot is a good thing. Uh, sometimes hearing nothing means that, hey, they're doing their job and they're we like what we're seeing so far and such and such. So we'll just have to see how that pans out. But, again, I think that relies on what Isaiah Oliver does. I think Isaiah Oliver is going to get the nod uh, in that first Eagles game. Uh, round Other round four pick here overall, 114, Drew Dahlman from Wisconsin. Um He's. I think he's just going to end up being that reserve guy. I think there's, you know, they're high higher on Jalen Mayfield to play that left guard role. Uh, Drew Dahlman's kind of the, a reserve interior player, in my opinion, meaning that if something happens to one of the guards or the center, Drew Dahlman is the guy they're going to look to to replace those interior guys if something happens to them. Um, I just think they were so high on Matt Hennessy when he showed up for camp and what he don't know what he did. But he did something to make these guys say, "Hey, this is going to be our dude." And I think that they, you know, they, you know, uh, Arthur Smith being a offensive lineman kind of minded person, tight end minded person, he understands that you have to have depth, and they wanted to get some depth to go on that offensive line for years to come. And I think Drew Dahlman um, is, if somebody's not working out, he's that guy they turn to. If somebody gets injured, he's that guy they turn to. Um, and Drew Dahlman is just going to be that that solid reserve guy going into this twenty. Uh, 21 season, and that feels good because that's one thing that our previous regimen did not do. Round five, overall pick 148, Daquan Graham. Had not heard a ton about him um, other than you know, he's doing good in, in the training camp, such and such, all those things like that. We got a lot of depth in that you know interior defensive line and edge so, you know, so far from what we've seen. He had a really good game against Miami. Had some solid pressures, bull rushes up the middle. He was disrupting the pocket and making plays out there. Interested to see if he gets into a rotation. I, I'm not sure that he will with Grady Jarrett, Tyler Davidson, um, Tyler Davidson, uh, Marlon Davidson, uh, Davidson, and then John Kaminsky in the depth that we have at the offensive line or the defensive line and edge. Um, but he's looked solid and. You know, no complaints yet. We just have to see what he can do. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, from him and hear a little bit more uh, about him. Other round five pick, overall 182. Favorite pick in the draft so far, uh, Ogundeji. Ogundeji has been this dude. This guy has all the abilities in the world. If he can develop the pass rushes that he needs to do, he is. He's got the strength. He's got the size. One of the big knocks on him was his leverage and that he got too high, and that was one of the big weak points for him coming out of the draft. That I think he really tackled that issue in training camp because we haven't seen too much of that. He has a nasty bull rush, and he's also got kind of a one like a, a jab punch where he sticks out the arm and drives forward as well. If he can develop a chop, a swim – and the spin move, if he can start developing one or two of those tools, he could. this guy could become a premier pass rusher with the skill set that he has. I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but out of all these guys, if I had to pick two that I'm the highest on out of every pick that we have here, it'd probably be Kyle Pitts and Ogundeji. Um, Ogundeji has been consistently driving back the opposition throughout the preseason. Um, he is... The, the line for him is always moving forward, never backwards. 
and he had he's constantly getting around to the edge if he could develop that that spin move to turn in he he, he probably would have had three or four sacks throughout the, the preseason um but dude he's been performing extremely well man ogan deji um is one guy to pay very close attention to and i definitely think he's going to get into rotation um during the regular season at some point uh, whether it's due to injury or whether he just fights his way up through the ranks and ends up getting into rotation, but Ogundeji's going to be—he's um, going to be a stud for us for a while. I'm real excited about what he brings to the table. Round five, cornerback uh, Avery Williams um, out of Boise State, overall pick 183. Guy competing for a punt returner role um, with Chris Rowland and. I haven't we haven't really got a strong gauge on where that competition is right now, uh, just because he's a veteran and we haven't seen a ton out of Avery Williams. I think that Chris Rowland leads that pack right now. I'm not quite sure though, um, but with him being the veteran, being the more reliable guy, I would think that he'd kind of lead for that. Um, but then you've got the new coach staff, the new regimen that wants to see their guys out there. So interested to see how that pans out. Um, this is one of the things you just we haven't seen much out of either one of them, so we will just have to see you know how things you know move forward here with this next preseason game, um, and then we'll certainly know come game one. But I'd have to say probably Chris Rowland is leading that leading that group right now. Um, round six, final pick in the draft, and this hurts. This hurts me bad because y'all know if you've listened to previous episodes especially the early ones, how high I was on Frank Darby coming out of the draft just from a personality standpoint and kind of the vibe that he brings to the locker room, that bright, con- uh, uh, contagious personality, um, excuse me, infectious personality. The dude's, dude, he's, he's incredible, man. Unfortunately, we have, we're really deep at the wide receiver role. And, I mean, one of the things that you heard a lot about from the joint practices is that Christian Blake was performing extremely well um, out there. He was one of the people, in fact, that some of the beat writers from the Miami Dolphins were saying was sticking out. And he was supposed to be that kind of that number five guy. Um, And with Frank Darby, and the other thing on this, on this roster too, is that because this, with as much 12 personnel and 13 personnel that the Atlanta Falcons are going to run, and for those that don't know, that have not listened to previous episodes, I'll refresh real quick. 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, 13 personnel, one running, one running back, three tight ends. Um, we run a lot of um, tight end heavy packages, and that doesn't mean just for me. I'm talking about the from a personnel group. They can be lined up in a two-by-two you know, uh, two by one, whatever it may be. But we, you know, Arthur Smith loves that going heavy with tight ends. Um, especially it's going to be this year with Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. And if there, if there was ever going to be a time on a, on a Falcons roster where we went one wide receiver less and, and, and chose to go one more on the tight ends, this is going to be one of them years. Um, so it's a little bit of a concern. I hope that we get him. He'll definitely be on the practice squad at worst. But I'm just saying, out of all these draft picks, if one person was not going to make, make the, the, the 53-man roster and end up on the practice squad, it would be Frank Darby. So we will just have to see as things develop. But y'all know I love Frank Darby. Um, that's my dude, and I hope, that, um, I hope that's not the case. Um, looking ahead here, 
um, to week three of the preseason. It sounds like we're going to get an opportunity to see some of our starters. Now, if we don't see our starters, then all this is is just a mute point. But um, I got a couple things that I want to see here. Three things, actually, that I want to see going into this preseason game. Now, I'm not going to ask a lot because I don't think we're going to see a lot of our starters out there. But these are just a couple of the things that I want to see that are just going to make me feel a little bit more comfortable going into this 2021 regular season with our Atlanta Falcons. And the number one thing is to no surprise, it was the title of my previous episode on the podcast, Cohesiveness on the Offensive Line. We don't have to go out there and be perfect, but I just want to see these guys working together, communicating with one another. I want to see them as one unit. I want to see them handling stunts and twists. Okay, so I want them to be able to. That one of the biggest things when when you're seeing defensive tackles and linebackers and defensive ends, which we've seen a lot of that with Dean Pease and what he's been calling switching roles in the middle of the play and stuff. One of the most important things when that kind of stuff is going on is communication amongst your offensive line. And these offensive lines that have not spent a lot of time together, this is normally. Um, those type of that's usually the, one of their weak points. No matter how talented they are, is being able to understand those twists and, and, and all the different things that the defense is doing. So that's the one thing that you want to see. You want to be able to see them handling those type of things. The other thing is that zone blocking scheme working right. So the zone blocking scheme is obviously an area you're blocking. A lot of double teams are, are involved in that. Um, the other the other thing is getting to the second level. Uh, so one thing is that when you have an inside uh, zone block run or an inside zone run or outside zone run, those offensive linemen are double teaming certain players. And then within seconds, they're hopping off of that and getting to that second level. So the other thing that you want to see out there is these offensive linemen double teaming and then making it to the second level. And that tells you that the, the the teamwork of the zone blocking scheme is in full effect, if that's happening. So we want to see those double teams. We want to see those guys making it to the second level on those run plays and things like that. And then the last one, I kind of hit on this before, communication. I just want to see these guys communicate. And I want to see uh, Matt Hennessy, Jake Matthews communicating with one another, talking, uh, Chris Lindstrom, all these guys truly communicating with one another. I want to see them one big cohesive unit. It's the most important thing to the success this year. I, can't, I you know I can't I can't hit on this enough. If if these guys are successful, it just a little bit better than the year before. Matt Ryan will be successful too. Most important thing to Matt Ryan's success: just give the guy a pocket, and he can do it as good as anybody out there. Next thing I want to see is uh, Kyle Pitts. I just want to see him do something. Poke poke. Do something. Do something. I want to see him do something out there. I'm not expecting him to line up everywhere because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they are, don't want to show much and all those things like that, but give me a couple posts. Give me a slant. Give me something. Okay, keep him. Don't get him injured. Keep him safe. I understand all that, but just show me Kyle Pitts. Okay, just I just want to see Kyle Pitts do something. Okay, I want to see him catch the ball. I want to see him run. I want to see him do a juke. I, want to, I just want to see something. Just give me one. Give me a couple Kyle Pitts things, and then I'll be happy. I'll be real comfortable. That'll give me a tease. I'll be ready for the for that Eagles game, that first game of the regular season. But I just want to see Kyle Pitts do something. Again, poke, poke. Kyle, do something. Um, next is keep up with the pat or keep up the pass rush. Okay. Now, one thing that we've that's been the brightest spot of this preseason 
is the pass rush. We have been getting after it. And Dean Pease was calling that a vanilla defensive uh, calls that he's been doing. He's been extremely creative, and I want to see him keep doing that. Okay, I want to see how it looks with some of our starters in there. Again, I'm not expecting him to go out there and, and give away everything that he's going to be doing in the regular season, but I just want to see some more of that creativity. I want to see our starters doing it. Okay, I want to, I want to see that. I want to continue to see that as we go into the season with our starters. I don't want to see him just be aggressive, you know, in the preseason when it doesn't matter. I want to see that aggressiveness going uh, into our, our final preseason game here and heading into the regular season um, because one thing that we were always begging for and that Dan Quinn received so much hate for was not uh, being aggressive in the pass rush and not sending people um, after the uh, after the quarterback. So I want to see these boys getting after the Browns um, out there. I don't think we're going to see uh, Baker Mayfield play. At least that's what I've read is that he's not going to be playing. But I want to see us out there um, getting after that quarterback, man. That's one thing that this defense has done. They've been creative in how they uh, – we've seen them bring corners. We've seen them bring safeties. Um, we've seen stunts. We've seen all kinds of stuff. And I want to see it uh, with our starters out there, man. So excited. Finally, we've got one more, one more preseason game, then a week, and then we get into the regular season. Now, we'll see each other, and we'll talk before then. Um, we'll certainly talk after that 50, uh, that cut down to the 53-man roster. Um, but um, we, uh, I'm just, man, I'm just so excited. I, this is, you know, doing this podcast and – you know, talking to, to people on Twitter and Instagram and all the, the cool people that message me, man, it's fucking awesome. Um, talking all this Falcons football, I don't think I've ever been. I feel like when I was a kid, uh, when I was almost angry that football season wasn't here yet. That's how I feel right now. I'm that amped up about it. So um, one more preseason game. We'll get to see some of these guys, some of these starters um, out there. So I can't wait. All right, guys, that's a wrap on this episode of the Heads Up Podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. If you're on Apple, make sure you leave a five-star written review. It helps out the podcast a ton. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Heads Up Falcons. You can find me on Instagram, at Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Make sure you follow me. Hit me up, man. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you want to hear on the next episodes, and I'll be sure to make sure that I feature some of the topics that you send my way. A big shout-out to my producer. Thanks for all the hard work and editing that you put in on the podcast. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.